Welcome to the Philippe Matthews Show at thepmshow.tv. Named the Oprah of the Internet by Mark Victor Hansen, Philippe Matthews doesn't ask questions that are different. He simply asks questions that make a difference. The Philippe Matthews Show features entertainers, bestsellers, authors, thought leaders, change agents, and world-class experts in the field of personal, spiritual, and professional development. An internet marketing entrepreneur, Philippe is the creator of the How Movement, dedicated to teaching people how to move from the mindset of hope to the process of how. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, move from the mindset of why to the mindset of why not. Tune in right now to this latest latest edition of the Philippe Matthews Show and watch your life grow. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, on another episode of the Philippe Matthews Show. Today we have Deborah Beck, uh, an absolute uh, teen empowerment phenom uh, and parenting phenom, especially, of course, as we talk about teens. And uh, she is a best-selling author. She has a revised edition, updated uh, edition of My Feet Aren't Ugly, a girl's guide to loving herself from the inside out. How are you, Deborah? I'm great. It's so great to be here. Well, it's yeah. wonderful having you on. Thank you for, for, I know you're a very, very busy lady, uh, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad that you had some time to come on the show. Uh, when, yeah, when we talked, you were uh, actually working with, uh, well, you, you were featured on a reality show, uh, The Eastwoods. Uh, you are working yes. with... Uh, uh, one of the East, the, uh, the Clint Eastwood's daughter. Yep, Clint Eastwood's um, wife and daughter. Been working with them for over a year, and um, they went. We had a mentoring scheduled, and she's like, "Do you mind if we just tape this?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then, um, then another time when I wasn't really aware that we were being taped, but then they asked for my permission, and I, I said, "Sure, sure." Fantastic. And, well, it, it, it's uh, it, it's telling because that means that you are uh, world class at what you do and oh. the best of the best. So I, I commend you for that. Uh, Thank because you. That's a, that's a big deal. Yeah. Now, uh, what? I know you get this question all the time. What 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 do you think um, gives you the the title of uh, teen empowerment guru? How did you become one? Well, I um, I tell you, when I was a teenager, I was pretty tormented. I did not like being a teen at all. And I didn't have a, no, and I didn't have a really supportive um, family dynamics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I always felt like it was pretty exclusive to me until I had daughters of my own. And then once I had daughters of my own, I was like, oh my gosh, all girls go through this. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so then I started mentoring teens. And um, it was probably 10 years later that I started mentoring parents because when I realized I was in no man's land just mentoring the teen i needed to get to the parents <laughs> sure you know because their behavior yeah. yeah makes all the difference in the world sure sure so so let's talk about that what kind of things did, did your daughter teach you when did you begin to to realize that uh the apple didn't fall far from the tree and most of those apples are in, in terms of teen girls is pretty prevalent it is, you know, just in that lack of sense of self, you know, where they're mm-hmm. always struggling to feel good about themselves. And if teens feel bad about themselves, they make bad decisions. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. If you feel good about yourself, you make good decisions. And so with both of my girls, 
you know, I just started really taking a look at the, the kids because my house was kind of the house where all the kids would hang out. So I got to observe both boys and girls. Mm-hmm. And I just realized there's just such a lack of sense of self and that the decisions they were making, that they were coming from that place of lack instead of coming from a place of, yeah, you know what, I'm worthy and I'm mm-hmm. good enough. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and it just... I just have such a deep, deep desire to help teens not feel the way I felt, the way my kids felt, the way most teens feel, the teens that I mentor, um, you know, the way they come in and they just, it, it's just beautiful to watch them start becoming more empowered right before my eyes. It's like, yay! <laughs> well, you know, and that's a beautiful thing. Uh, you were saying in the book uh, that, uh, well, the reason, explain the reason for the title of the book. It's a, the title? Uh, yeah, it's a well, painful story, but a true story. It is, yes. When I was 13, um, I was outside in Phoenix, Arizona, very hot, hot day, and I was barefoot, and um, this guy that I just was crushing on just kept looking at my feet and looking at me and looking at my feet, and I was like, gosh, is something on my feet? And I looked down, and I'm like, there's nothing on my feet. And finally he just said, you have the ugliest feet I've ever seen. And I was oh, devastated. Wow. I I really was, and I didn't show it. And when I went in the house, I looked at my feet, and I'm like, gosh, you know, they're a little wide, but I just didn't think they were really ugly. Well, <laughs> I, I didn't wear open-toed shoes in Phoenix for a year. It was oh, my God. <laughs> because, you know, I took his word for it that my feet were ugly. Mm-hmm. Until a friend of mine, we were all at the the river one day, and, a friend of mine said the subject of feet came up and my feet were looking for cover. And all of a sudden he <laughs> said, um, Deb has really cute feet. And I just remember being dumbfounded. Like, how I don't understand how that can be, how one person can think that I have the ugliest feet he's ever seen. And then someone else think that, wow, she has cute feet. And it kind of started turning things then, like, I can't really base how I feel on what other people think, or I'll make mm-hmm. myself crazy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that's where the title comes from. <laughs> okay, so it's a very true title, ladies and gentlemen. So, you very know, go out, and get, go out and get this for for your teen girls, and, and if you're a parent, uh, whether you're a uh, whether you're the, uh, single parent, male or female, it doesn't matter. This is something nope. that uh, you must have. Uh, yeah. Books work. Unfortunately, there was no books or roadmaps when we were coming up, but uh, right. Deborah, Deborah actually has one. So, so what do you think causes what causes low self-esteem in the team? Um, low self-esteem. What causes yeah. it? Yeah, in your in your. No, I think I think we come in with it. I think everybody comes in with, you know, this feeling. Either you know, maybe we come in with you know being strong little babies, and then mm-hmm. our first day of school, someone tells us we're stupid, we're ugly, we're you know, mm-hmm. and school mm-hmm. is brutal, and mm-hmm. then we start believing those things that people say or do, or you're not good enough, or just like even mm-hmm. something as simple as being picked or not picked on a team when you're you know. Mm-hmm. In, in sure. first grade and you're not picked, you start thinking, I'm not good enough. Sure. And so it's just this development that happens, and then all of a sudden you're a teen and you feel pretty crummy about yourself. You know, so it's really... So what are the, Go ahead. So what are the consequences um, of low self-esteem that you have seen in young teen girls and hasn't been escalated? You know, um, making bad decisions. Because if you're always looking outside of yourself to feel good... 
That means with girls, they're always looking at guys, like, do you love me? If you, you know what I mean? I don't feel good Mm -hmm. about myself. If you can make me feel good about myself. And they make bad decisions out of that place. So very different if they feel good about themselves making decisions because they're like, well, you know, I have self-worth. I don't need to be treated like this from this guy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I don't need to sleep with him either just because mm -hmm. he says I need to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so bad decisions. So this, uh, if, it's, if it's not, um, if there's no intervention uh, in in the young girls' lives, uh, they b- basically grow up to become mothers and pass mm-hmm. that on to their child and become yep. just generational. Is that right? Definitely. And that's why I started really working with parents because, you know, I can do really good work on developing their self-esteem, but, you know, parents kept coming to me and saying, gosh, you know, my relationship with my teen is so disconnected. I don't know what to do. And I started working with parents, and I'm shocked at how I can shift not only the relationship between the parent and the teen, Mm -hmm. but help the teen's self-esteem by just guiding the parent on what to say. Because parents don't even realize what they're doing and what they're saying that keeps their kids in that state of not feeling good about themselves. Well, let's talk about that because, I mean, we both both have heard the term enabler and, you know, Mm -hmm. of course, contributor. So parents, uh, sometimes unbeknownst to themselves, become enablers and contributors to the very thing that they're trying to get rid of out of their child. Absolutely. I think the biggest thing that I see, um, the issue, is parents wanting to control their kids instead of teaching their kids how to manage their own life. So if you're teaching a, a teen how to manage their life, then, then they don't, they're not a bad person for doing something stupid. It's just a, something they did that wasn't very great. Let's look at how we can learn from that. And we mm-hmm. call it a mistake, and we, then we teach them. Like, well, how could you have done that differently? And let's look at it, you know. But instead, they're like, I can't believe you did that. You're grounded. And then there's no lesson in that. Mm-hmm. You know, the mm-hmm. team goes up to their bedroom, and all they think about is how they hate their parents. Sure. They don't think about, oh, that was a really stupid thing. I probably shouldn't have done that. And why did mm-hmm. I do that? Mm-hmm. You've got to bring those questions up to kids and make them think about it and ask them, you know, well, how would you have handled it differently they, where you could have gotten um, a different outcome? I just talked to a, a, just one of the gals I mentored yesterday where she was, she was angry because something happened to her with a boy. He took advantage of her. And she was angry at him and um, angry at her mom and me for saying it was her fault. We didn't, we didn't say, hey, it's your fault. What I said was, let's look at, I said, Is there, was there anything you could have done to prevent that? And she said, no way. And I said, how about not going with him to a house with nobody else there? Would that have prevented it? Well, mm-hmm. yes. And I said, okay, that's the first thing. And she ended up smoking pot, and she didn't know the guy that well, and he laced it with something. And I mm. said, okay, so there's two things you did. You did. Nobody made you do that where you created that situation. So getting them to own that they have the control, they have the power. And so what I see is that parents want to keep the control and power instead mm-hmm. of teaching their kids because ultimately we know that the teens have all the power. 
They do, because they're mm-hmm. not with us mm-hmm. 24-7. Mm-hmm. So if they've got the power, we better make sure they know how to use it and that they're yeah. smart with it. So that was a really tough situation because, you know, she actually felt better about it in the end because I said, you just, you're empowering yourself by realizing that you have control. Right. If you give right. the control to the guy, then guys can keep doing this to you over and over mm-hmm. and over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But realizing that, you know, you could have done something different, then you get to control the situation. That's empowering. Absolutely. Absolutely. It sounds like it's easier for um, you to uh, work with teens than uh, the parents because it, it, it just seems that the parents, uh, I think just because of age and their role, obviously, exactly. that it would be more difficult because in order to, you know, especially for children, they kind of mimic what, uh, you know, don't necessarily do as I say, do as I do. Exactly. As I do. Uh, yeah. So now the parent has to kind of make a shift and be the message that they're trying to uh, uh, deliver uh, mm-hmm. to their child. Mm-hmm. I, I would assume that would be a little bit more challenging. It is. And, you know, parents and teens trigger each other. And mm-hmm. so what I try to teach the parent is to look at those triggers and not react out of a place of fear. Because a lot of parents will be like, yeah, but look at what happened, and they react, and they, they get all freaked out, and that shuts the teen down. And so if the, te- if the parent can just back off and then start asking questions like, especially if their teen comes to them, then they just ask mm-hmm. questions. Oh my, you know, first they, they have compassion. Wow, I cannot believe that this happened to you. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. You, know, wh- you know, is there anything you think you might have been able to do? You just ask questions, ask questions. And, you know, the parents might not have the tools to be able to go in like I go in and just say, no, we're not gonna we're not gonna blame this guy. Let's really look at our part in it. Because if a parent does that, the teen just gets really angry mm-hmm. <laughs> and then doesn't even hear another thing that the parent mm-hmm. says. Mm-hmm. Well, I can say it because I have a relationship that is more like a mentor. You know, so they listen Absolutely. to me. They hear me differently, for sure. So, what can young girls do that don't have a Deborah Beck in their lives? What can they do to try mm-hmm. to find? some level of mentorship uh, for three year book is going to be a tremendous help. You know, uh, the, where do they start where they're at in their area? You know what, I think besides um, the book is really a great, you know, I've had teens say it was kind of like a friend and a mentor wrapped in one. It was great. You know, definitely get the book, but also just start looking like truthfully about the decisions you're making in your life. Don't blame others. No matter what, every decision we make empowers or disempowers us, and we have total control over those decisions. Mm-hmm. Everything that happens in our life, is no one else has control over that. And so I would say if they do nothing, just start looking at those decisions that they make in their life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, countless books have been written about teen empowerment, self-improvement, mm-hmm. self-esteem. What, 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 what makes your book uniquely uh, stand out from uh, many of the other books that have been written? You know, I think that um, there's such a relatability that I talk to teens, and even when I'm mentoring, teens just resonate with me. The way I talk to them, I don't talk to them like I'm, I'm someone up here. 
you know, that, hey, this is what you need to do, and mm-hmm. these are the things mm-hmm. you need to do. It's more like, hey, we're all on this journey together. We're all making mistakes, and we're all learning. We're all teachers for each other, and we're all students. And so, you know, for me, in the book even, it's not preachy. It's not, um, you know, it just doesn't have any of that, like, I'm better. It's mm-hmm. just, hey, let's walk this path and see where we can go. And just mm-hmm. to improve ourselves. Mm-hmm. So um, I have to say that is the difference. Well, that's a, that's a phenom difference, uh, and, and thank you for that. Thank you for yeah. completely receiving it. Um, you know, this, let's talk about this whole thing called bullying, and uh, it's kind of uh, interesting because it's been around since the, you know the beginning of time. Yeah. Uh, clearly, it was around, and you know, when we were teens, and our parents yeah. were teens. Yeah, I was bullied. But now, yeah, but now it's you know, uh, it, it, thank God, it's, it's uh, really on the forefront of people's mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to us about. Uh, teens and bullying, those that are bullying, bullying with fine. self-esteem uh, issues yeah. and those that are being bullied with self-esteem issues because I think nobody really understands that it's two of the, it's, it's the same corn. It's just it is. two sides. It is both sides. If, you know, if a child shows vulnerability because they have a lack of sense of self, they're going to be bullied. They, they're a target. Mm-hmm. And so if they can develop a better sense of self, they are less of a target to a bully. The bully has low self-esteem because he needs to dominate and control. And that's mm-hmm. all about having a lower self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so if, he, if the bully can some way get an aid to, you know, finding a better sense of self, he wouldn't have the need to control or dominate or make someone feel less than to make himself mm-hmm. feel better. Mm-hmm. And so you're right. Both of them play out in low self-esteem. You know, the poor poor child, the victim, whatever, that's bullied, you know, really is. it's all about their self-esteem, their total self-esteem. And if they could carry themselves differently, be different, and just, you know, be stronger, they wouldn't be as vulnerable to be bullied. What about the media's effect on teens today? What are, you, what are your uh, oh, thoughts on, on that? <laughs> on media in general, I think that, um, you know, because I'm 55 years old, so when I was growing mm-hmm. up, you know, there wasn't sex scenes on TV. There wasn't the, the magazines didn't, you know, depict um Sex is casual. They they didn't use sex to sell everything. And I think mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. the media today, besides playing a huge part in the demise of uh, women and girls really having, you know, this horrible sense of self about their body, but it also plays just in treating sex really casually. Kids today, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, they're hooking up like it's no big deal. They not only are they hooking up, but they're hooking up, and there's other people in the room, and they don't care. It's mm-hmm. very casual, mm-hmm. and I think that the media has played a huge part in making sex very casual instead of mm-hmm. sacred. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and low self-esteem as well, because when I work with girls that are hooking up all the time, you know, as I see their self-esteem, you know, become more empowered, they stop hooking up. They stop. They start realizing that they can't get those needs met from the outside. But, you know, it'd be great if the media, <laughs> which is not going to happen, you know, could yeah. treat sex a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. just like a little bit sacred. 
<laughs> well, you know, I know a little bit. Well, you know, there's other uh, component that uh, our teens uh, face nowadays as well uh, as, as well we didn't because we, when we were teens there was no such thing as called the internet. Right. Um, so talk to us about, you know, I guess you can kind of uh, add behind media, you can add internet into that uh, mm-hmm. mix. How can parents help their, help their teens um, with these internet predators and all the crazy stuff that's going on on this? You know, I'd say educating, educating them. You know, I have a whole chapter on internet safety because you just don't know, um, who these people are that you're talking to. This just mm-hmm. happened to a uh, gal I mentor. Her friend, they were on the Internet. They were talking to guys on the Internet. They invited them over to their house, and again, they smoked pot. That was laced, and one girl barely got out of there. It's like, are you kidding mm-hmm. me? Mm-hmm. I mean, but these, but it, that's the thing is that you have to educate these girls and guys that this is out there. This is real, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you don't know who you're talking to. You don't know what kind of a person they are. So you have to take responsibility for protecting yourself. And that's why, you know, I talk to parents about, you know, controlling your kids isn't going to do any good because when you're not with them, you're not there. You have to teach them. You have to teach them how to make good decisions for themselves Mm -hmm. in all areas. You know, it's amazing that in, you know, there's so much effort put out in their academic career, in their extracurricular, you know, um, activities, and there's so little that goes into um, self-development and life, you know, lifestyle studies, you know, or um, like I have parents that com- are committed to their teens developing their self-esteem and esteem, and I see them every single week. Mm-hmm. But there's, you know. A bunch of parents that just don't think that it's that necessary. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, and it's just like you know, you can have a great education, but if you go out into the world with a lack of sense of self, it's going to be hard to get a good job. Well, you bring up a very good point because it really has nothing to do with the economic strata or, or no. uh, you know, uh, you know, your academic achievements and abilities. Self-esteem is uh, is a completely separate uh, thing, and and yep. uh, manifests itself differently. I mean, if you have a lot of money or have a family that has a lot of money, and you're a teen, you have low self-esteem. That unfortunately means you can buy all of the addictions you want. Right. Um, so you know it's it's an, it's it's really hard you know because you can't really blame one side or the other where it's a socioeconomic issue. It really is. No. Um, no. You have you have a self-esteem report card, do you not? Yes, I do. How does that work? I do. You know what? It's kind of like as I wanted to kind of impact parents on. Guess what? This is just as important. You know, because they look at the the academic report card like it's the only thing that matters. And it's like, well, what about your self-esteem? You know, don't you want to grade your 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 daughter or your, your teen and know where they are in their self-esteem so you can also develop that muscle? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that's really why I created it, because it's just like, you know, let's grade the self-esteem, because I guarantee you the majority of the teens that come to me or that the parents that I talk to, the, their self-esteem is below water level. They're barely, mm-hmm. barely breathing. That's amazing. And Absolutely yet parents amazing. allow their kids to go through their entire teenage life without 
really concentrating and being committed to developing that part of their team. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. Yeah. So where can people go to hook up with you and get your services and programs? And let's talk about your services and programs. What do you, what, uh, what do you have? And then what, what are your web addresses? To get okay. Get you all of that. Give us the latest on. Okay. So I've on. got I've got my book, My Feet Aren't Ugly: A Girl's Guide to Loving Herself from the Inside Out, and I'm mm -hmm. also in the process of finishing up connecting to your teen in a disconnected world. I'm hoping to have that done really quickly. Okay. And and then I've got a program online that's called Four Weeks to Connect with Your Teen. It's at a great price right now. It's at like thirty nine ninety five. It's a great price, and I'm telling you, it, it you will it, it's amazing. It's very very simple, it's easy to do, and so I really suggest if parents are struggling, get that. That's the easiest thing that they can do. I have a three-day mother-daughter retreat that I do here in Sedona. That's mind-blowing. The breakthroughs are unbelievable. Mm -hmm. um, what else do I have? I have, oh my goodness, they can go to my website and get articles and um, just, just a lot of information. I also do just like a free 15-minute discovery uh, session just to see if there's anything I can do, any way mm -hmm. I can help. Mm -hmm. um, and you can go to my website at www.empoweredteensandparents.com and just really look at you know all, everything that I have that I have to offer. And there's there's quite a bit on there. To, you know, well, you, parents you definitely and have you definitely have uh, the ability to uh, see the problem and address the need and and come up with a very quick uh, solution uh, yes. from seeing you in action. You're absolutely incredible at what you do. Thank you. I would love for you to come back and be a regular on the show. Uh, I would I just love think you're to. Phenomenal. Wonderful, absolutely. wonderful. Well, yes. Deborah, you're, you, what can I say about you? I'm just bragging about you. The book is My Feet Are Ugly, and I haven't verified it or anything if they are or not, ladies and gentlemen, but I would assume they're not. And so as a result, go out and get this book because that was the title. That was the, what caused her to have low self-esteem at age 14, 13 or 14, and got to look at her and say, My Feet Are Ugly, and boom. So some of these things can be just so, it was seen as an adult, like so trivial. Or, oh, my God, are you kidding me? But that is a really, really big deal. Those small things, they grow yep. and fester, and then they grow up and become people. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With beautiful feet. Yeah. With beautiful feet. Thank you. With this beautiful has been, feet. This has been wonderful. You're awesome. It's been fantastic. You're, you're the same, my dear. I love you. Uh, keep on doing what you're doing, and we'll Thank talk you. soon. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Mm. Right. Bye-bye.